Hey everybody, welcome back to Living Hope. Um, I just want to thank you for tuning in and and for uh, just being here and listening and uh, just getting some hope and some encouragement from these testimonies that God has called me to kind of just put on here. Um, I have a special friend here today, uh, so I just want to introduce Leanne. Hi. Um, And yeah, we're just going to go ahead and dive deep in to what God has done in her life and um, and how, you know, she is being a disciple now on this earth after um, everything, you know, that she has been through. Um, so, yeah. Welcome, Leanne. It's good to be here. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, first and foremost, um, I just kind of want to get your impression of God. Like, everything you know, as everything that you've been through, what, what was your impression? Like, like maybe how old were you? Like, where did it all start? Um, the, I remember the first time I ever remember hearing about God. I was around two years old and I was, um, in my bedroom scared. I didn't want to sleep by myself. And I remember my mom telling me that I didn't have to be scared because God was with me. And I was like, well, who's God? And she's like, he's the, he's who created us. So I told her, well, I don't see him. And she was like, well, he's here. He's invisible. And so that was my impression of him, that he was there but invisible. I couldn't see him. But um, I guess I was told by her to go to him when I was scared and to trust him that he would take care of me. But I was never shown that because I wouldn't see her trust him when things got tough or my parents, my dad either. Um, They kind of handled things their own way. Mm -hmm. So my impression of him was that he was a God that was there, a mighty being, but he couldn't do anything for me. And he hasn't done anything for me. That was my first impression as a two-year-old. So your were, was your family, like, did they believe? They obviously believed in God. Yes. Um, I came from a family who believed in God. Um, but we would only go to church uh, on the quote-unquote <laughs> important holidays, Christmas and um, Easter. And sometimes not even then. At the end, once we grew up a little older, like in our teen years, I don't ever remember going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember talk the talk about God just completely ended. Um, so it was not, um, I would see pictures of him on the wall. I would see maybe scripture somewhere in the house, but it was just you never decoration. experienced him. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at that time in my life. And at that time I was two. I had yeah, already experienced evils of the world. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand fully what God or who God was. In growing up, was there like maybe someone that you would say would help you understand who God was a little bit better? Um My understanding of God, I guess, came from several interactions over the years um, throughout my life. 
he placed people in my life mm-hmm. and um, situations and circumstances that showed me who he was, whether it was um, I heard his voice as a child. Um, I had believers placed in my life, and I had people pray over me in my life. Um, when I was about eight, I had a near-death experience, and um, I, at this point, I believed in God. I, I knew of him. I never felt him, but I, I, I got in a situation where I was um, fighting for my life, and um, I remember giving up. I remember thinking, okay, I'm just going to die. I can't fight anymore. There's no getting out of this, and um, I remember praying, asking him, like, God, I'm scared. Help me. Be with me, and um, at that point, I heard him speak to me and he said try one more time this time I'm going to help you mm-hmm. and so I got up the strength to try one more time to um, fight for my life and he just worked everything out That mm-hmm. he pulled me out of that situation and um at the time, I didn't know that it was him. I just, I just listened to that voice in my head. But now, as an adult, I know like that was him. Mm-hmm. He was there working. How he does, even though I hadn't even committed my life fully right. to him, he was still taking care of me. Um, he also, I had believers placed in my life. I mean, I have my my grandma. Lydia and my tia Lisa, who are just, they're angels on earth. They, um, I remember my husband telling me when he went to go visit my tia Lisa, we weren't saved at this point, and we didn't really know much about the God, the the Holy Spirit, anything like that. And I remember he told me, man, when I leave your tia Lisa's house, when I'm in there, like, I feel just so peaceful, and I just feel like this feeling comes over me. Like, I feel so comfortable. And I didn't know it then, but I feel like that was just the Holy Spirit just surrounding her house and who she is. And so she was always in my life praying for me. Um, I had interactions with, I was in a, a relationship with a guy, and we made terrible choices and he ended up moving to his aunt's house. And, um, I remember I was uh, over there. I was probably going to go party. I know I was wearing something very provocative. Um, and she asked me, can I pray over you? And I was a, a jerk. I was like 19 or 20. And I was like, I remember like sign and just being, the worst <laughs> I just kind of let out this half like oh I guess and so she starts praying over me her and this this friend that she had who was an invo- uh, evangelical Christian mm-hmm. and so they started praying over me and I could not deny the way I felt when they were praying over me like I started not wanting it I was upset that they even asked if they could pray over me but I was like whatever let's just do this get it over with mm-hmm. And 
I felt this overwhelming sense of peace and comfort that I closed my eyes and I just remember I didn't want them to stop Mm -hmm. praying over me. And um, he also just placed people that I talked to over the years who kind of would tell me, like, just believe in God, don't give up. And though at the time, none of it made sense to me, especially when they would tell me, oh, well, all the answers are in the Bible. I was like, what does that mean? I look in there, there's nothing that pertains to what I'm going through right now. Um, but over the years, yes, he, he put all of that, all those small interactions in those small circumstances and situations into my life that ultimately led me to him or led me to know where to go when I was at my lowest point in life. That was um, my ultimate turning point that turned me to Christ that I haven't looked back on was July 1st, 2020. I was was married with two children, and I was not living for the Lord at all. I believed in God, and I believed, oh, I know God, so I must be good to go to heaven. But I was not living for God. I was partying, probably drinking four or five days a week. I was getting high. I was um, cheating on my husband. I was just being lustful. I just wanted to show off what God gave me, I guess is what they say. Like, I was the, I was not living a godly lifestyle, and I would hate to hear people tell me that I needed to go to church and all of this. I would roll my eyes when I would see these endless Facebook memes of these scripture or these how God has got me, this type of stuff, it would just be like, ugh, scroll, 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 because I didn't want to see it. I didn't realize how much the Holy Spirit was convicting my demons. Yeah. And um, so I also remember not being fulfilled by anything. I couldn't wait for the, our next vacation trip. I couldn't wait for the next time we got together to party. I couldn't wait till the next time I got high. I couldn't wait to go shopping. I couldn't wait to go eat at a fa- fancy restaurant. Like I was always looking for something to fill me, to bring me pleasure, to make me happy. That's just where I was living. Um, and on July 1st, 2020, we just got back from a vacation. We went to, like, to Colorado and um, partied all week. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming home, and the moment I stepped foot out of the truck into our driveway, I collapsed. Um, I couldn't breathe. Uh, I went to the hospital. I've suffered from anxiety and depression for 10 years now, and but this was nothing like I've ever experienced. They diagnosed me with, um, they said I possibly could have had a nervous breakdown, which I don't know what I was nervous about because I just came out of a vacation. Um, but 
it could be how all the terrible things I was doing. Like I was, I was living terribly. And, um, so they gave me some antidepressant type stuff. And, but I remember that week, I, I remember that coming home that day, that night at like three in the morning from the hospital, praying to God. I remember telling him, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Um, I remember telling him, if you save me from this, if you get me out of this, I will serve you for the rest of my life and I will never go back. And um, I opened my Bible for the first time in over 10 years that night. And I just remember reading the Bible, and I felt like every word I was reading, he was speaking to me, and that is where my fire immediately ignited. I never felt, I felt like, now I think, man, the Lord should have taken me then, because that was my highest (laughs) point, like I was for sure heaven bound. I was reading my Bible constantly. I remember um, just, just the old me was gone, mm-hmm. and the new me was here and now. Like, Lord, what do you want? So, that's where I went. <laughs> that's when I ran to the Lord. Like, he reached down in my darkness, and he, he saved me. Like, he brought me back to life. I was, mm-hmm. I was hellbound, hellbound in loving it. Yes. It was just. That's so good. It was. Did you, did you, um, were you saved before your husband? Yes. I was saved before my husband. Um, so after July 1st, 2020, he, my thought process completely just changed, like, from night to day. I remember, and I know this sounds horrible now, but I remember I had no more desire to drink, which that that's not the horrible part. That sounds great. <laughs> I had no more desire to get high. I remember I, I just didn't want that life. The horrible part was... <laughs> Well, it's not horrible. It's a good thing I did it. But I remember calling. This sounds terrible. I remember calling my boyfriend because I'm a married woman. I I know that's terrible. That was BC, guys, BC. <laughs> BC. But I remember calling him and telling him, I don't want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Don't Hallelujah. talk to me. Don't call me again. Don't think about me. I was like. This is going to sound weird, but I gave my life to the Lord, and I don't want anything to do with any of this this, ugh, this sin anymore. And um, he probably thought I was crazy, but it. I hung up, and I never answered his calls after that or anything. And um, he just took it. He took it all from me, and I... I was also so confrontational, so opinionated. 
before that, before I was saved, before I gave my life to Christ. Um, like it was during the pandemic. And I remember just being so opinionated, like telling people, y'all are stupid for for complying to this. And I remember, quote unquote, fighting for my freedom and and just looking to fight with anyone on social media about it. And I documented all kinds of, I fact-checked stuff, and I spent a lot of time, <laughs> it's so stupid now, but um, trying to prove people wrong and why my viewpoint was the right one. And um, But once I got saved, <coughs> he... He showed me that none of that was important. All that's important was him. So all that time and energy I was I was pouring into my rights, my freedom, I started pouring into the word of God. And it just, it made me actually have compassion for others and yeah. love. Because I wasn't loving anybody but myself. And my opinion. And that just, it's so wild to me to think that he changed all that. Almost like in the snap of a finger, he just changed my life. And um, after that, my eyes were just on him. Just on him. And for the next six months, I thought life was great. I focused, I stopped worrying so much about worldly things and started worrying more, or not even worrying, but putting my energy into learning his word, um, spreading his word, and serving, trying to serve others, um, putting people before myself, and um, things were good, things were great. I remember praying for my husband like I never had before, because he wasn't on board yet. He thought I was a little crazy. <laughs> um, and he would tell me afterwards, he's like, I just didn't know if this was going to stick, because you always go ahead, all, like, all in to whatever you're into, and then you, you kind of pull back, and he's like, so I wasn't sure. And um, so I started praying over him, started praying over my family. I started just really trying to serve the Lord in all that I did. Um, and it was about six months after, six months after being, being brought to life, um, my marriage was attacked. And that's when my faith was tested the first time my faith was tested because I don't think our faith ever stops being tested. Absolutely not. And um, I, my, my, then my husband um, ended up being unfaithful with me. He was having an affair. And I remember going to God so angry. I was like, how could you do this? I finally gave my life to you. I'm living the way you tell me to. I'm praying even over my sinful thoughts. Like, I'm asking for forgiveness over that. 
and I'm doing everything you tell me to do, and you say you're going to take care of me, and this is what happens. Like, my family's over. And um, I remember just crying out to him, just in, in anger. How could you do this? How could you do this? You took my husband from me. He's he's gone. He's leaving. And um, I had to really trust him. And that's when um, the church came in. I think it's important as believers that we stay with a church yes. or with a good group of Christian people because if you just listen to worldly advice, all my worldly people were telling me, boot him to the yes. curve, get away from him. He's bad news. Once a cheater, always a cheater. You're better off on your own. I could never do that. I could never be with someone like that. And so, like, I was just getting fed all of this these terrible worldly things, and I was also resorting back to my worldly behavior because I was only saved for six months. And so I started handling it the way I would have before I started. Okay, I've got – I handed him the divorce papers – I started thinking to myself, like, I'm not going to let that happen to me. Like, that's not even though I was two years ago doing the same yeah. stuff he was. Uh, but I wasn't thinking like that. I was like, I'm not going to put up with that. No one's going to treat me like that. I'm not going to. Um, I'm too good for that. Just, you know, what we think. And um, I remember going to the church, going to my 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 church women and asking for prayer I remember telling one of them can you pray for me and my children because my marriage is over and she prayed over me and afterwards she came up to me and she said why do you say your marriage is over and I kind of gave her a little um synopsis of what happened and she told me nothing I wanted to hear she was like first of all whether you take him back or not you need to forgive him. Yeah. And she was like, second, you need to not lead with your feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, and always remember that whatever the devil uses or whatever the devil intends to harm, God can turn around and use for his glory. And I remember being so angry when this woman of Christ was telling me these things because it's not what I wanted to hear. I was so mad still. I was just thinking, how come she's not on my side? Does she not know what he did to me? And so I had to go home, and I had to really go to God, and I prayed, and I remember just telling him, like, I prayed for heavenly wisdom instead of worldly truth and to just be with me and guide me. And I remember telling him, I'm just going to give this to you because I can't do it. Because mm-hmm. the worldly me, I was trying to, to fix it myself. I was handing divorce papers. I was throwing all this stuff outside. I was get out of the house um, type thing, which that's fine I mean, if he's cheating and I mean, I'm not dogging that, but I had to really step out um, 
of my anger and my emotions. And I had to go to God and just tell him, just you handle this. I prayed over this man for six months. You handle it. If this is what my prayers are doing, then I guess it's good that he's not going to be with me. And so I just gave it to God. And um, the whole resolution of the thing is um, I couldn't see what God was doing when I was in that storm because all I saw was the storm. All I saw was it was the hurt of my children. They knew something was going on. Dad wasn't in the house. Um, I only felt my emotions, and I was in that storm. I couldn't see the beauty from the ashes at that point. Um, but God knew what he was doing. He was working all things for his glory. And he was answering my prayers. Because I, like I said, I had been praying over my husband. And I would specifically pray, Lord, make him a man of God. Let him be the leader of this house. And let him be a man who who was saved. I wanted him to be saved and um, God loving and at that time he wasn't but um, God was answering my prayers and um, my husband and I are still together we um, of course are working on it it's been over a year now year and a half about so of course we're still working on it but um, it's amazing to see my husband now um He's given his life to Christ. He's been baptized. He serves in our church through the kids and youth ministries. And um, it's genuine. I remember in the beginning when we weren't living together, he's like, I went to church today. And I was like, well, good for you. But <laughs> don't, like, don't do this because you think that's going to win me over. Yeah. Like, I want it to be genuine. I want it to be authentic. And I would pray about that. I would let, I would ask God, like, Lord, if this is fake on his part, please reveal that to me. Don't let me get attached to anything like that. I want this to be real. And um, so he, he, it's amazing what he, what he was doing there. Um, but he, I can see it. There's a change in my husband. He's not selfish. He puts, he puts my needs before him and, it's just amazing to see. It really is. Um, and I do the same for him. I mean, we're we're not perfect, but we, we're trying and we're we're just learning a whole new way of life that we didn't we never really knew. So, um it's it's working out good. That is so encouraging to hear. I I can relate on so many levels um but I think one thing to elaborate on is the forgiving part I feel like a lot of things in this world that we we have a hard time forgiving but when we forgive it's not for the other person it's for ourselves and I think we have a lot a hard time wrapping our, our heads around that because especially me, when I really, truly learned to forgive, people would be like, well, you're better than me. 
um, this and that, and and you're just going to let him get away with that? I'm like, no, you have to understand. Just because I forgive somebody doesn't mean that what they did was okay. Yes. It's um, what they did, you know, is wrong, but you're forgiving them for yourself. You're unlocking the door that is locked because you're allowing it to be locked. Um, so, yeah, I would, in, I would encourage anybody who's trying to forgive. I feel like that just really clicked. Um, it, it's a big, it's an important thing. Um, you don't see it. It's not popular in our culture, especially if you're, you've been wronged yeah. or someone's hurt you. It's not a popular thing to, to do. But I have to remember, like, God has forgiven me. Mm-hmm. And I've, but I've done horrible, horrible things. And I don't want to get to heaven and him tell me, you're not forgiven. Yeah. And that's what, when I forgive, I really have to think of that. Like, I, I forgive the people who hurt me because I've been hurt by some people. I've been hurt by people who aren't even sorry that they hurt me. Yeah. And I've had to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And I do forgive them. And I would even go as far, because it says in the Bible, I have to. If they were to come and say, I'm hungry, I would feed them. I would clothe them. And that's how we need to be as Christians. Um, we have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk, not just say I believe in God and I'm good to go. No, you have to live like Christ. Yes. Live like Christ. And that's easier said than done, but I think we're losing that in this culture. Um, so many people are Say, just like myself, I'm not bashing anyone because I was there. Mm-hmm. I was there. I said I believed in God, but I was getting drunk as much as I could. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't reading his word. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even praying to him. I would probably think about him on a good day, on a good week, maybe one minute a day. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's idolizing. I was idolizing everything in this world but him and though I said I believed in God that wasn't enough I would have died if I would have died at that point I would have gone to hell even though people I mean I said I believed in God I wasn't saved and I wasn't living for him in the slightest way in no way of my life and I'm just glad that I see that now. I'm glad that I, I'm awakened to that. Your eyes are opened. Yes. No, I, I, I met you in a in a life group, mm-hmm. and you, I mean, have helped me through some marriage stuff. <laughs> Even when I didn't want to hear it, I know there was there one time, and um, exactly what you said, you didn't want to hear what the the follower had to say and I just looked at her like do you not see me bawling my eyes out do you not see me crying like this is not okay but now I give that advice to others I know and so it's it's I know know exactly how they're feeling but it's really important that we um we keep pouring out truth um to discern what is what isn't the truth in this world oh and there's so much fake truth coming at us so much fake truth. Yeah, nowadays, um, 
But if there is someone listening that feels, well, how do I accept Christ? How do I change? How do I um, believe in him to allow that change? What, what would your advice be to them? No. How to do that? Um, I would, you have to make it a point to go to him and really just give up. Give up on the life you've been trying to lead on your own. Because like me, I tried it my own way for 35 years and it wasn't going good. Yeah, it might have looked good on the outside. We were financially stable. We were traveling all the time. We seemed happy. But there was something missing in my heart. There was a void. Like I said earlier, nothing could fill me. Not enough traveling could fill me. Not enough shopping could fill me. Not enough drugs could fill me. Not enough sex could even fill me. Like, I was just bored with life. I had to give up. Give it all up. Like, Lord, let me try. Let me try what you're you're selling. (laughs) Let me see if it it helps me. Because I was just... I didn't have nowhere else to turn. And I would tell anyone listening, like, to know you are loved. That was a hard thing for me to believe, that I'm loved not not like humanly love, not imperfect love that's going to fail, that's going to hurt you. You are loved by the creator who is perfect. His love is perfect. It's unfailing. And sometimes I even have to tell myself that in the mirror. I have to look at myself and tell myself, you are loved by God. You were created by God on purpose for a purpose. And um, I think people need to know that. And for the ones that are thinking, well, I've, I've done the worst of things. I'm, I'm too far gone. I'm on drugs right now as I'm listening to this or whatever. Um no one is ever, no one can ever wander too far for God to find you. Like, you will be found. Um, Even if you run away. Yes, <laughs> and that was me. Like, I was running from him. I remember I was completely happy um, in my ways. I knew what I was doing was, was wrong, being unfaithful, but I was fine with it like I was okay with it I kept justifying it in my head and God had to completely he had to chase me down knock me to my feet to where when I had this nervous breakdown it was debilitating I could not um even get out of bed I stayed in my room for a whole week I remember I lost 10 pounds that week I wouldn't eat I didn't want to get out of bed I couldn't I didn't even leave my room a week I didn't leave my house for two weeks it was about a month of recovery from that I'll never forget it I don't know what it was I don't know and the doctors all they said was it could have possibly been um, a nervous breakdown 
that I, um, they knew I had that anxiety depression and they diagnosed me with PTSD from childhood traumas and stuff. But, um, he chased me down. He was probably thinking this girl is not going to do it on her own. So I have to, I have to break her down. And he did. He broke me down to where I was, I could not even get out of bed. I didn't have no other choice but to read the word. To rely on him. Yeah, and rely on him. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's just faithful. He's amazing. And, um, yeah, he, that, if the to the ones like me who, who just feel like they have this void in their life, even, like, they might have it all, but they feel lonely or whatever. I mean, the void you're looking to fill is in him, is in Christ. And that's all. That's all I can I can say. I know it says in the Bible, like the ones who who don't see it now and who, who, who turn from it will probably never be woken up. I sound probably crazy to them. But that's the truth. Like Christ, he's the way. Mm. He is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And what what's so crazy, it's just crazy to me because I never thought I would be, a, like, I don't even know, like a Bible-thumping <laughs> type. Because I remember, like, I just remember looking at, my one of my ex-boyfriend's um, aunts who prayed over me, I remember thinking, and I went to church with her before, and she was praising and worshiping with all her might, and that, that's the first time I ever seen that. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, these people are crazy. Like, this is a cult. Get me out of here. And, uh, and now, <laughs> now I'm the one probably yes. just praising and worshiping that people are probably like, this woman's crazy. <laughs> But it it's just, I, I oh, it's yeah. Just I think that all changes when you find your like, when you know who you're worshiping for. I remember walking into the church and I'm like, why do these people have these hands up? Like I'm never doing that. And now I'm just freely first lyric. I'm like, yes, hands wide open because I truly know who I'm worshiping and what he said yeah. in my life, and I just want to praise him. Yeah, because we're like all worshiping something. And, I mean, I see, I've been to football games, and, man, they're screaming with all their might for the other team or for whatever team they're yes. they're rooting for. I've been to concerts where they're screaming and crying for the uh, a man on stage. Yes. So I guess I that all, when I started truly giving my life to the Lord, I thought, well, it's not crazy to praise yeah. and worship my God like he's the creator of the world like we should all be yes. praising him like like no other you know and I see people get so excited about so many worldly things and and not be excited about God I mean and that was myself too yes. I just couldn't do it it wasn't for me at the time I guess but um now I can't get enough I cannot Just want more. I can yeah, I could talk about him all day. I know I bother people because of that. <laughs> I I love to praise and worship. I I break out into prayer at any time. Even my kids like 
that's enough, mom. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> I just, I, it's a whole new world. Yes, it's a whole life. new world. And um, yeah, my life doesn't. It definitely is not what it used to be, and I feel sorry for the people who knew me BC because, <laughs> uh, forgive me, forgive me. But yeah, it's just. It feels so much better over here on this side. And you can't live on both sides. No, you can't serve two masters. Yeah. That's what he says. You you have to choose. And it, I think that's a lot of people, like you, I, I have a lot of family members who, they believe in God. They know God's there. And they, you know, believe they're going to get into heaven, but they're still living like the world. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that, I even questioned one time as you know um being a follower of christ i'm like mm-hmm. is that okay like maybe that is okay to do that stuff it's still but when you read your bible it literally oh, yeah. tells you turn from your wicked ways yes. turn from the drunken parties yes. um, it tells you you know it even says drunkards won't inherit the kingdom of heaven yes and so that's what we what i mean by you have to know the truth because when when you see people doing these things and they believe in God, it confuses you. It, it, you know, you, you need to be able to tell the truth from the lie. Yes. Um, and you need to be actively um, for God, actively for him. Yeah. Because if you are not for him, it is written, if you are not for me, you are against me. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to be a devil worshiper to be against him. You are just actively partaking in the ways of the world, which it also states that the devil is the ruler of the world. God will allow him to be the ruler of the world because we live in a fallen world ever since this great sin. Um, So, yeah, it's something I, I struggle with as well. I do. I struggle with that as well, seeing um, so many people still just so caught up in that. And I understand, because I remember that was one of my hang-ups. Like, I don't want to be a Christ follower because then I can't have fun. I can't party. I can't drink. I can't do all this fun stuff that I'm having. I'm having a whole lot more fun here on this side. But when it comes down to it, like, this is going to end your life is going to end. Even if Christ doesn't come back in your time, you are going to meet him when you die, and we don't know when that is. Yes. So we have to be, like it is it is written, we have to be alert. Yes. We have to be of sober mind. Yes. Because the devil is trying to, he's prowling around trying to devour, and he's doing a darn good job of it, and he's doing it in the open, and no one even cares anymore. Yep. And so, yeah, we have to actively be for God. And I'm sorry, but that means turning from your sin. Yes. And that that's just what it comes down to. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. I fall short of his glory every day, but I repent. I know of my sin. Yes. And I try with all my might not to keep repeating that sin over and over and justifying it. And it's hard because especially in a world that we live in, like do what makes you happy. It's mm-hmm. not really about that um happiness like like our pastor says pastor paul says happiness is is 
temporary. It changes based on circumstance. Yes. But joy, true joy, that is permanent. And it's not about what makes us happy. Because a lot of things that make us happy are, are simple ways. Yes. Including myself. It was making me very happy to be in all kinds of unfaithful relationships. But that's not the way. <laughs> that's not the kind of happiness he he wants. It's We got to have joy and contentment and um, really, really desire to live, to live for our God. Yeah. Even when it's not the popular thing to do. Yeah, I, I, that's a good thing to bring up because I feel like being a Christ follower, mm-hmm. I'm very different from the world. And I've even questioned mm-hmm. that. And it gets lonely. And um, just following the Lord and, and all these people are having fun, but you know what convicts you. You know what the truth is. You know the way you should be living. And so you have to be and uh, and have self-control. And I even told, you know, my husband time, I'm like, it, it gets only. It gets only, you know, but I all I also have to remind myself, and you have to remind yourself that you're doing this for a great reason. Mm-hmm. Keep getting those people to the Lord. Keep ministering. Keep um you know, reading your Bible, like it is not, there's no hour, no second, no minute wasted on getting people closer to the Lord or your, you know, yourself getting close to the Lord. Um, I think that's so important because sometimes I have to remind myself, I'm like, yeah, keep doing the good work. Just keep on, just keep on because (laughs) all this stuff is, is worldly stuff. And though it's good, it's, it's good. Like God doesn't want us not to have fun and enjoy his, his great world and the pleasures of it absolutely but it it gets dangerous when we put things above him that's when it gets dangerous so just keep keeping the word keeping the word and and keep putting him first Leanne, well, thank you so much. I already know this is going to encourage so many people. Uh, I just want to thank you for saying yes and being obedient to um, sharing what God has done through your life and for you and and uh, just allow that to even pour out to others. And um, so, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And I could talk forever. So if you want to invite me back, (laughs) (laughs) we'll keep that in mind. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll stay tuned for um, the next episode. And um, thank you again. And if you need prayer or if you need um, anything, just don't hesitate to reach out. And we will see you soon. Bye.